The year is 2020. A wasteland and a field of ruin have destroyed our mana bases. There is but one solution, one way to save the metagame. Brave souls working for the benefit of us all. Welcome to the Astrolab. everyone and welcome again to the astrolab the home of the us and the ums and ofs and the everything podcast that everyone wants to ban uh i'm just talking out my butt now i don't know i got nothing <laughs> with me i am one of your hosts and i'm gonna do this really poorly because it's been a while uh but uh, you want to start over no no i don't want to start over i'm just gonna keep going okay why not <laughs> yeah it's been a couple weeks it's fine uh i am one of your hosts joe dyer with me as always is mr scott campbell how you doing tonight scott uh, let's see here. All right, my name is signed, and there it goes. All right, I figured it out, Joe. Uh, I have a problem with uh, a couple cards in Commander Legends, of course. <laughs> uh, Opposition Agent and Hull Breacher, because we can't tutor and we can't draw cards. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to sue, because I wasn't present during Final Design. So I didn't get a chance to see the cards. So they are unlawful cards being introduced into this set. And because I wasn't present at the time that these cards were in their final design, I'm going to sue and say these cards cannot be included because we need to tutor and we need to draw cards. <laughs> even if I don't win, even if I don't win, this fight is going to boost so much support for me that, you know, it's going to show my strength because I'm fighting for it instead of conceding to the fact that these cards are in this set. So here's the hope. You know, uh, make tutoring great again, maybe? I, I don't know. <laughs> Scott, we um, know. We had an election. We know. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. Hey, look, I, I, had, I had to throw some some fun in there. Yeah. Cause, you know, the, it's, it's crazy because as much as 2020 has been 2020, you would think, okay, cool, we do something normal. Nope, there's got to be some other juice added on to it to make it its own unique thing. Yep. So, yep. Poking fun at it, you know, we, we, we can kind of do that. I, I, I saw the return of the Joe Biden memes this week, and I that made return me return of the Joe. that made me so happy to see because honestly, <laughs> I was I was extremely ecstatic to see the trending that he was going to be uh, the projected winner. Honestly, uh, nice. and I, I I have a feeling that yeah, I mean he's not perfect, but he's gonna do what he can, and yeah. I have a feeling that he is that kind of guy that does care about people at least uh, uh so. that, that's at least what i see plus on top of that like l look who the vice president right is. like you yeah. know regardless of how you lean politically you know it's kind of awesome to say madam vice president absolutely like these are things we would normally only say in tv shows or right. something we can say that in real life yeah, right now and i, I think that's and, cool and, yeah yeah it, it's cool to be able to put words together for the first time that have never been put together before right. in real life. Uh, and you also, uh, you know, other good news is at least uh, all four members of the squad kept their seats and whatnot. Yeah, so that, that's, that's a hot button topic too. To yeah, so. uh, I really like those girls. They just, <laughs> they have something. I, I don't know what it is, but they just have something that really seems to connect with people. 
Well, uh, here's and the I thing. think that's I'm... what a lot of things are sorely missing. Uh, oh yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. They're, they're sorely missing that ability to connect to younger people and to connect to, uh, you know, millennials and you know that sort of thing to try and get those people interested in being part of the process and having you know AOC on Twitch playing you know Among Us, Among <laughs> you us. know, is yeah. you know a step in that direction. Honestly, you know, having somebody who is in that position, uh, who's also capable of relating on that level. Uh, I right. think it's cool. Like, like uh, you know, I'm getting this out of the way early. I'm old. Yeah. So <laughs> there, there's that check mark for the show. Right? <laughs> um, like, the person that we had to, quote, relate to the younger generation played a saxophone on a talk show. Oh, God. I do remember like, that. You, you know, like, that's what we had. I'm kind of jealous that, you know, there's a, I don't care what level of uh, government they're in. You know, there's someone, a, a visible face who's been on talk shows who's like, yeah, you guys want to get together and play a video game? Right. Like, wait a minute. I, what, what? Where's mine? Like, right? I, I, it's, I'm kind of jealous. Yeah. So I hope I hope that those younger than us really take it to heart. And I, I hope these people that are in their late 20s, early 30s making noise in government are able to not only get to those that are able to vote, but get to those who aren't yet able to vote. Right. They're not of age because that's really the group you need to target because then once they are legal to vote, then they're already understanding the importance of it regardless of how you vote. Right. The importance of it and the importance of making sure that you are an informed voter because that that's the thing that's at the heart of our country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. However, you know, and, and what I thought was kind of fun with my little joke was that commander's all about politics so you know yeah uh-huh, lol <laughs> yeah Got it in there, right yeah. but uh, uh but you know it, it's been a while since we recorded and we're kind of going away from commander stuff for a minute um or, or, or commander legends at that you know we got a couple t- uh topics to talk about and we're even gonna bring up modern <gasps> oh my god not a, not a whole lot modern? though but yeah. yeah it's okay so what uh, else you been up but, to but, uh, well, um, I've just been messing around on Arena. Um, I'm almost done having my modern legacy decks I want to play with done. And then once that's done, I can kind of shut down the buying a little bit. Mm. Uh, so that, that kind of helps out money-wise. Um, I'm not going to do Magic Online. I, I really thought about it a lot. Mm. And I'm just, I'm not going to do it. Especially after money I just put in today. Right. To, uh, for maintenance on my car and, and all that stuff. Uh, plus the things I had to buy to finish these decks that have just been kind of sitting here. Right. Um, but, uh, so yeah, once, once all that shut down, like the next, hell, probably like three to five years is just going to be slowly digging and climbing out of debt, uh, or stupid debt as I call mm-hmm. it. Um, uh, not stuff like mortgage payments and things like that. Those are important right right not, right right it's not like credit card stuff all right um but yeah just trying to kind of stay with it because we were having plans for thanksgiving and then like covid spikes happening so yeah. that's kind of up in the air and so it's just uh, it's just aggravating and trying to just get to the finish line that's 2020 <laughs> yeah. with hope of a vaccine with hope of a vaccine so yeah it i mean eight months not playing a physical card game at a store that you spent the last 14 years doing almost every Friday night. 
uh, yeah, it's kind of kind of a kick in the pants. Uh, but uh, you know, we started this podcast during a pandemic, yep. so you know, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> there you go, right? Yep. Um, outside of that, uh, I've picked up some uh, old D and D books. I got the core rule books, the player's handbook, monster manual, and dungeon master guide for three point nice. uh, back in my collection. Nice. Um, yeah, a, a message to the kids out there uh, watching at home. If you collect anything and you buy something that you play with, whether it's a card game or a role-playing game, don't a video game, don't don't sell it. Don't sell it. <laughs> yeah. By the time you hit your mid-40s, like your boy, you're going to regret it, and you're just going to go out and buy it again. Because it's like, oh, I miss having that thing. Right. Even if you don't use it. Right. Um, uh, I, uh, I'm i off every Friday in December. Woo-hoo. Cool. Um, so I once I get done with uh, Zelda and Zelda Two on the NES Classic, <laughs> I'll be switch. I'll be switching over to the Final Fantasy games, uh, playing the first one on the uh, NES Classic, and then switching over to the PlayStation that I dug out of storage, uh, the the old PS One. Nice. And uh, playing uh, Final Fantasy Two, Four, uh, Five, Six, Seven, Eight, Nine. Then I don't know if I'll go with tactics, but then I'll, I'll wind up playing uh, like uh, Chrono Trigger right after that or something. If if I can get there during that whole stretch right of December, but I'm going to jump into some JRPGs nice uh, during the month of December, just kind of a way to relax and kind of get out of my office a little bit because uh, I'll play like Neverwinter Nights when I'm in here mm-hmm. online on a persistent world. And that takes, you know, there's a lot of actual role, R-O-L-E, play involved. And that takes a lot of time, like hours right, of time. Right. And after sitting here eight hours a day, it's I don't want to sit a whole lot more in the office. I need a break and then a reset. So having the video game set up kind of fixed that a little bit. And then when I don't want to play games, I got some... Uh, uh, graphic novel, or yeah, some graphic novels. Read the. Um, I have the Star Wars collection. Nice. Uh, collecting the old Marvel comic books. Uh, so, even though that stuff's quote not canon anymore, right? Um, you know, I have that to read because that that's my Star Wars. Right, right. Uh, I mem- remember uh, in like being in like fourth or fifth grade, seeing those comic books and wanting to read about Star Wars because we didn't have like. Disney Plus and everything else like we got now. Yeah. Um, but Mandalorian's great. You got to watch it. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about that a little bit later. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. And then I have some uh, some X-Men uh, graphic novels covering the crossover events like uh, Fall of the Mutants, Mutant Massacre, stuff like that that I can also read. So I, I have a lot to do that I can do because uh, as we get closer to uh, winter, there's less to do outside because everything's frozen solid. Yeah. Um, uh, by the way, it's not fun raking leaves against the wind. No, uh, no. Not only not only because Bob Seger is in your head the whole time, but uh, it's just yeah, it it, it sucks. Uh, I've raked my yard, at least a front yard, three times now, and the tree is still not done getting rid of all the leaves. So I'm like, hmm. At least the grass is mowed probably for the final time this year. Yeah. Knock, knock on wood. We did ours um, not too long ago too. Got yeah, it but being a first time, time uh, being a first time homeowner, you know, all these things were like, oh, I gotta do that. Oh crap, I gotta slot out this time and uh 
and then trying to uh, when we rake leaves in the backyard it's like all right how are we going to get them from the back to the front to put on the curb uh i'll figure it out later and i did <laughs> we used a giant I, I used a giant ikea bag and made like three or four trips i'm like i, I have to jerry rig something together right and and did that but yeah other than that just you know i know it's a lot and we're supposed to be talking about magic Meh. but you know if you're still listening cool um but yeah just trying to stay active do things keep up the house uh take one day at a time not get too crazy um, and, and, uh, exercise my mind, whether through TV show or a book as much as possible to kind of forget about all the negative things that have been this year. Right. But yeah. What, what's going on with you, man? It's been a little bit. Have you been doing any camping? Uh, is all that done? Camping's all how, done. How's, yeah. How's, how's school with your daughter? What's going on with that? Uh, she started hybrid school this past week, so that's just okay. getting used to our new normal with that, uh, which... Isn't too bad, but I have to be up early now pretty much every morning other than uh, early being when my wife gets up technically to go to work, not when I would usually get Callie up and get her ready because Zoom wouldn't start until like 8.30 or something like that or whatnot. And so I wouldn't have to be up until like 7.30-ish or whatnot. Well, now they start at 7.30 on the days that she's on Zoom. Uh, so I have to be up, but we also have to be up earlier so that she can eat breakfast uh, before the, um, going into go getting on the Zoom call. So she doesn't have to eat breakfast on Mondays and Tuesdays, at least. They, they eat breakfast there uh, at school. So they, they get her there and they go and they get their breakfast at the cafeteria and then they go take it to their room, their classroom, and they eat in their classroom. And then, like, lunch is done in the cafeteria, but they're staggering how they do lunches. So, her lunch is kind of early in the morning, though. It's kind of weird. Like, it's like 10 o'clock in the morning is her lunch. Uh, uh, that's even earlier than mine. Right. <laughs> but it's, but they're, I, it, I started thinking about it. I was like, I guess it makes kind of sense because their day is 7.15 to 2.15. Yeah. So, it's kind of, that's kind of like their middle of the day. Oh, that, that's so. true. But yeah, just trying to get used to that because uh, it's it's unique. Um, but uh, and then you mentioned D and D. I failed, managed to get through finally, <laughs> finally uh, got through the rest of the current series up through the, the Legend of Dritzt uh, series. Oh, uh, nice. I finished the last the last book, which was released July ish somewhere around there. I think it was like this past July. Or whatnot uh, by Bob Salvatore, uh, and uh, it was the third book of what they call the Generations trilogy. Uh, so it's called uh, it was the the Generations trilogy is uh, Boundless, Timeless, and Relentless, and it's it's interesting. Uh, I like what he did with it. They did, he did a lot of going back and showing some storylines that occurred throughout the past. Uh, so it's kind of like it skips back and forth between like the past and the present. And uh, a lot of the past stuff is all about the drow. Uh, and it's all about, mainly about uh, the character Jarlaxle, uh, who is the leader of the mercenary band, the Bri- Brigandarth. Uh, and it's all about him and it's all about uh, Zach Nafian Duerden, who is Dritz's father. And so it's about their friendship and their life together 
whatnot being friends uh, prior all the way up to Dritzt being born, essentially. And uh, it's it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been interesting. It really twists some things in the last uh, last one. Uh, there's some interesting twists in the last one, and uh, I'm pretty pretty interested to see how it ha- how it goes forward. Uh, so there's some very interesting revelations about the nature, very nature of uh, the creature that is Lolf. Uh, and they really do it a good. He did a good job with that aspect of it. So I'm pretty happy. Uh, so I actually decided I was like, okay, well, I finished Dritzt. Uh, I guess I should go back and get some reread on some of the other stuff that I haven't read in a while. Uh, so I started rereading the Cleric Quintet, uh, which is the five. It's a five book uh series obviously by the name quintet (laughs) the cleric quintet yeah which has to do with uh the priest catterly uh and i I don't know if you've ever read that series or not but no it's very good it's that's actually one of my favorite series because i really like catterly a lot uh he's a very interesting character okay who does she worship catterly he he oh i'm sorry (laughs) yes he Uh, sounds like a girl catterly is um He's a d- disciple of Denier, uh, the god oh, of knowledge. Okay. All right, that's fine. I guess. <laughs> give, give me a bane. Give me a Bane as like a main character, right? Uh, Cleric of Bane. You know. Yeah. That that that's my. Uh, I don't know. That's my type of. Yeah. Character. He. Uh, how how many books are in that Legend of Dritt series? Or um. So uh, if you want to start evolving chronologically. Uh, yeah. You have to go back all the way back to I think Homeland is the first, the Dark Elf trilogy is the first series, uh, which is the first trilogy. Uh, okay. Let me look here. Hold on, because I'm gonna pull it up here. Oh, I was gonna say if you just got the books on the shelf. No, I don't. No, I, I, of, I, I, oh. I, I, I read them digitally. You read them digitally? How dare you? <laughs> you have to buy paper product. Yeah. So if you want to go through. All of them. There's at least thirty six books. Holy cow! Uh, so there's because there's a bunch of because it's almost like okay. a bunch of trilogies. Yeah. So the original you have the original they have the Dark Elf trilogy, uh, then you have the Icewind Dale trilogy, which mm-hmm. is the Crystal Shard, Streams of Silver, the Halfling's Gem, which is the original trilogy that introduced Dritzt. Right. Uh, and then he went back and wrote the Dark Elf trilogy, which is basically if you want to read them chronologically, it's the best way to read them. Uh, because okay. the Dark Elf trilogy talks about how he grew up and all that fun stuff, and, then, yeah. and how he broke away right. and, and became his own person. Right. Yeah, uh, and then you've got the Legacy of the Drow. Uh, there's the Paths of Darkness series, which is three books. Uh, there is the Cell Swords, which arguably you could possibly skip, but they're all worth reading. Uh, because the Cell Swords series has to primarily doesn't actually primarily deal with Dritzt at all. So uh, that's the Hulk movie of the uh, the Legend of Se- Legend of Dritzt. Yeah. Books, right? So they, the the Cell Sword series is, uh, deals primarily with the characters of uh, Jarlaxle and Artemis and Churi. Nice. Uh, and, their, okay. and their adventures together. Uh, okay. And then you have the Hunter's Blade, uh, which is uh, all about the Orc Kingdom. Uh, which is a uh, uh, obold many arrows mm-hmm. and the the beginnings of the obold obolds uh, 
you know, rise to power and becoming an actual thing. Uh, and then you have transitions. Transitions rolls through into fourth edition, basically. It's like their fourth edition kind of roll into where you have the spell plague and all that <sighs> other fun stuff. Yeah, fourth uh, edition. And then you have the Neverwinter saga, which takes place after that, which is years after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have the second Sundering stuff, which goes through the second Sundering and then right. through into the Companions Codex, Homecoming, and Generations. And uh, those last sets of books, like those two last trilogies, Homecoming and Generations, is really interesting because it all has to do a lot with uh, various upending various characters. Uh, mm-hmm. So like we get to see uh, characters like Gromp Banra, who's the archmage of you know Menza Baranzan, uh, become upended in his life or whatnot and get put into a new position whatnot because he messes up and does something stupid you know uh but uh it's interesting it's they're they're very very interesting stories but yeah there's 36 okay. books specifically for that uh so <laughs> it's it's a bit of a slog yeah uh, so that's a lot of words yeah uh i think like Salvatore really actually just he just knows what he's doing he's very good at it uh, oh yeah, yeah. That, that's that's definitely not a doubt. Yeah, yeah, he's he's very good, and I'm I'm pretty happy with uh, the books so far. I don't think I've written I don't think I've really written one yet read read one yet that I haven't enjoyed, uh, and that's saying a lot because it's. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so and he also wrote again. I'm a big fan of Rob, Bob Salvatore. Like he's he writes very good stuff, uh, but he also wrote uh, the Cleric Quintet as well. Okay. Uh, which is five books. The the cleric quartet is five books, but uh, there's some other good ones out there too. I know like Elaine Cunningham has written some really good, uh, Farron novels. Uh, there's a there's a series that she did. I think it was her. Uh, I'm gonna have to remember this. Like, um, is it, no, I'm trying to find it here in the. Not Legacy of the Drow. Um, I'm going to not remember offhand here. That's okay. So it was like the daughter of the Drow. Like It, it had to do with... Um, uh, it was Elaine... Oh, yeah, there it goes. Starlight and Shadows is the official name of the trilogy. It's uh, Daughter of the Drow, Tangled Webs, and Windwalker. And it has to do with... Um, Gromph Banra's daughter, uh, who's uh, Lyriel Banra, and she ends up leaving, and she gets tied up in some sort of situation with this Rashemi berserker uh, named Fyodor, and she ends up becoming a witch of Rashomon. Oh, wow. Which is really interesting. Yeah. Uh, that one's really good. Mel Odom also has some really good ones. Uh, there's a story, series of stories called Rising Tide, The Threat from the Sea, Rising Tide, uh, Under Fallen Stars, Sea Devil's Eye, that are all really good as well. That has to do a lot with the Sahagan and like those characters. Ob- obviously, Ed, Re- Ed Greenwood <laughs> obviously has written some choice words. The, yeah, the, the literal voice of A.O. himself. Yep, yep. Which is primarily like the big ones are the Elminster series, 
Yeah, I don't know if you've ever read any of the Elminster books, but they're no, they're all I, pretty good, I, actually. I I've tried reading actual novels, um, and I don't know if it's just me or my attention span, but I just I start nodding off <laughs> after a few, and it's been that way for a long time. I just I I never purposely sat down. And, did, and maybe there were uh, times I was trying to read a novel and I was not in the right seating position or had poor lighting. I, it could be a number of things, but it's just been through childhood into adulthood, into early adulthood is when I'm like, nope, this may just not be for me. Let's stop forcing it. Let's spend money on whatever, magic cards, action figures, whatever, right? Um, but, you know, it's something now that, uh, you know, I, I got a decent lighting set up in the living room. Uh, so I, I may get back into it. It just... You know, I, I need to probably start with the graphic novels I mentioned earlier, and then maybe build from there. Um, my first, my first real introduction to the the Forgotten Realms books, at least, was the Avatar series, uh, which is the 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 original series, which is the Shatterdale, Tantris, and Waterdeep, which have to do specifically with the Time of Troubles. Yeah, and has to do with the the ascension of. Uh, like Siric and Mistra, Mid- Midnight as Mistra, Kelimvor, uh, that sort of thing, has to do primarily with that time that led to them uh, becoming gods, essentially. That cur Siric, the heretic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the 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 rest of those series goes deeper into his character too, because there's other two yeah. books in that series, which is uh, Prince of Lies and Crucible: The Trial of Siric the Mad. And those are those are actually really good books. Uh, very interesting to read. Cool. But, you know uh, what's really you know what's really awesome though hmm. it is when Ed Greenwood replies to your tweet. <laughs> I've had I've had that happen a few times. Wow! So much so that uh, one of the uh, one of the DMs uh, that runs um, uh, Forgotten Realms Cormiers, the server I play on for uh, Neverwinter Nights, uh, he was kind of envious for a bit that. Like, wait, Ed Greenwood re- replied to your tweet? Um, <laughs> uh, I, I have some questions. Can you, like, share some info? Have, invite him to come play? Well, you know, right. whatever. Um, so it became, like, a big thing for a minute. I think so. I think when I'm done messing around with Forgotten Realms, I'm probably going to go and try and locate uh, some of the uh, Eberron books that I, that I remember reading, uh, especially the original trilogy that keith baker wrote for the eberron campaign setting he wrote a trilogy called the dreaming dark and that was a really really well done trilogy and i just i kind of want to go back and find that and read that because uh those books are also that's another campaign setting that i'm a i'm a big fan of uh i need to touch on something though we're talking D &D yeah yeah before we get into magic um tasha's cauldron of everything comes out really soon like in a couple days right uh, and one of Watsi's ways of trying to deal with uh, issues that the races when playing the game feel stereotypical because like, oh, well, I'm an elf, so I get a plus to decks or whatever, right? You know, is to allow players to move their points around wherever they want. And I'm like, that that's not inclusion, that's just a, a house rule made official into a book. 
that that's not that's not what we're looking for. Like we're looking for people to actually create this product that aren't just the same people creating the product. We're looking for inclusion and and story in um and sure player options are, are fine or whatever, but but there needs to be something else then you can put your points wherever you want. So if you want to be a dwarf that doesn't have a high constitution, it's fine. It's like you can kind of do it now. You just put your low score and con. There you go. You did it. Like, you know, it just, it doesn't make sense why they have to go this far. And if they, if they really wanted to do something to make characters feel unique, give them a plus one bonus based on the background they chose. So if maybe they're uh, a sorcerer and they're an entertainer as their background and maybe their race doesn't allow for a charisma bump, cool. Give them a plus one. That way you make it an even number and you did it. You, you, you fixed whatever the, quote, problem was with race class combinations. And you didn't have to take literally what the foundation of the game is I find an elf because they're dexterous, or I find a dwarf because they're uh, uh, they're they're hardy in battle, or maybe a human because they're a jack of all trades, or a half orc because they're super strong. You know, it doesn't ruin all that. Like the reason these races feel unique is because uh, when it comes down to play, is because where these stats are already located. Like a half orc is going to be stronger than a human. It grocks. It, it it fits what we think of it when we go to immerse ourselves in the game. <sighs> but anyway, I'm probably gonna just get the book anyway to put it on my shelf. Plus, I, I feel I can't talk crap about it unless I have it. Like, <laughs> you know. so there's that. Yeah. But anyway, um, so that's kind of just briefly like what's been going on. Some other stuff. Some non magic stuff. Yeah. I started. Uh, I started watching going back and trying to catch up on Doctor Who and yeah. whatnot. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. You were mentioning that during the, the, the pre-show. Yeah. yeah, and then, um, like, just been trying to catch up on certain things here or there, mm-hmm. but uh, mainly just wanting to catch up on Doctor Who because uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Jodie Whittaker. Uh, I, I, I feel like she's quite possibly, like, pushing close to, like, my favorite Doctor, but not quite. Like, she's, like, probably number two now. Okay. Uh, so I'm a... It, it, well, okay, I have to split it because obviously uh, we have to split between uh, best new doctor and best old doctor. <laughs> there is that. Yeah, yes. yeah, you do have to do that because so in the grand scheme of things, like Tom Baker is oh, is, yeah. is my doctor. Like Tom Baker is <laughs> on the Mount Rushmore of Absolutely. science fiction characters. He he's my doctor. Like he's just yeah. he's the best. Uh, but I think out of like the new ones, like David Tennant, obviously, is just the definitive of all the doctors that have existed so far, but Jody yeah. is right up there with him. So if I had to pick between Tennant and Matt Smith, I I'm leaning Tennant. Like his stories felt so human. Um, and, and you can kind of really relate to the character and feel what he's feeling, both joy and sadness and everything in between. Um, that was the one thing I really liked about Tenet is he played that that so very well, and I I, I don't I like Matt Smith. I actually really do. Mm-hmm. I think he's great. I I like Matt Smith more and things that I've seen him in 
outside of the doctor, which has been oh, interesting because yeah. he's played some in some interesting movies and some interesting mm-hmm. roles. He was in a Terminator movie, which yes. I thought was wild. It blew my mind, and but he was actually really good in it, and I was well, surprised. Wasn't David wasn't David Tennant in a uh, Harry Potter movie? Yes, but that was like before, like he was the Doctor. What? Yeah, before. Yeah, because he was in um, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I'll, I'll look at the timeline later. Yeah, I'm but... sure. But yeah. Um. So, but uh, I like I like Matt Smith a lot. I think what I liked more about Matt Smith more than anything is that his supporting cast was absolutely phenomenal. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And what was, what was cool with the Matt Smith era is that the focus wasn't solely on the doctor. No, it was the doctor and his companions right. made the entire story. It's like multiple main characters. Well, and not only that, like time. you got, you had Amy and Rory, Yes. Which, you know, arguably are some of the cooler companions uh, oh, that yeah. he's ever had. Uh, and then you had uh, River Song, which, again, mm-hmm. <laughs> very cool. Uh, but then you had uh, the Pattern Osters. Uh, yep. You know, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, can't remember the, the, her name. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, the, the group, you know, that included, you know, the, the laser, the lizard lady and, you know, her wife and, um, you know whatnot. I, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Those guys. Those, I I know who. Yeah, those about, characters. Yeah. That, what they come. What they commonly refer to them as the Paternosters, is yes. is what they were. And now I'm gonna have to look it up because <laughs> I'm gonna feel bad because I I don't remember. It, dude, it's okay. It's been so long. I feel like, bad though. See, when when you get to my age and you just forget, it, it's like it's okay. Yeah, it, it's just, it's just okay. Yeah, it's I fine. know. Like, I I I used to be like that. Like, oh, I can't remember. I gotta look it yeah. up. But I'm gonna forget it right after I look it up. So anyway. yeah, Vostra, oh. Vostra, Jenny, and Strax. Yes, mm-hmm. who is uh, Strax is a Suntaran, and Strax is the best part of the Paternosters. Oh, oh uh, yeah, the the comic relief. <laughs> yes, if you will. Uh, and then we had Clara, and Clara mm-hmm. was excellent. Uh, and she bridged that gap into the Peter Cabal, uh, Cabaldi area uh, very era, well, which very well. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. I I like Capaldi, yeah. but but I I think that era was like instead of uh, a television show being presented to us, it felt like a novel being read to us. Like it it just the way the depth of the writing and everything. It would have been great in a novel form and not on television. As crazy as that sounds. I think um, I really liked but, Eccleston better than I like Capaldi. So yeah, I I I can yeah. kind of see that. I mean, I like them all for right. what they are. And then now now we get to the thirteenth Doctor, uh, if you will, and you know it'll be interesting to see if they can keep it going because you know twenty twenty. Um, yeah, you know I I've, I kind of lost touch with the Doctor because of everything that's gone on. Well, and it also so got pulled off from all like the streaming in. services too. It's like only on HBO Max yeah. now, yeah. so like you can't even watch it on BBC America anymore. So yeah, it's odd. It seems odd, but they've got exclusive streaming rights, and I was just like, all right, well, I guess I'll watch it there. And and uh, I I signed up for the free trial just mainly just to get a hold of that. But then I started looking at everything else that was on the service, and I'm like, I might pay for a month for this. Just to you know, kind of try some of the other stuff that's on this because there's a lot of movies on here that I want to see, 
And also, for some reason, and I don't know if it's just because rights, streaming rights or whatever, I mean, that's, obviously that is the reason, but they have the entirety of the Studios Ghibli, like, archive on there. And I was like, I started thinking about it, I was like, man, these movies should be on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> like, they are basically Disney movies. Uh, like, if you look at them, like, they're, like well, Studio Ghibli is. Studio Ghibli is, like, Disney's anime arm, essentially, of their company. Like, they make those movies, and they were released as Disney movies. Any one of them that was actually released in theaters ever was released by Disney. Uh, because, like, Ponyo was released by Disney <laughs> in theaters. And I remember seeing Ponyo in theaters, actually, which was weird. I didn't, you know, like, you'd think, oh, that's not, a, you know, you won't go see an anime movie in theaters. It was pretty cool to see, but I started trying to, like, get my daughter to be interested in wanting to watch some of those. Like, she watches these things on YouTube, and uh, she was watching some craft video or something, and one of the people was making a craft uh, that had uh, the character Totoro from My Neighbor Totoro. And she was like, who's that? And I'm like, that's Totoro from My Neighbor Totoro. And she goes, what's that? And I'm like, oh, man, we have failed. We have not watched, let you see how a Studio Ghibli movie yet. And I was like, okay, well, we're going to watch Spirited Away. Like, <laughs> you're going to watch that. And, and we started to watch it. And she's like, I don't know about this. And I'm like, come on, like, just let's finish it. And so we haven't finished it yet, but hopefully soon. Like, I want to show that. Watch My Neighbor Totoro. Watch, like, Howl's Moving Castle. Um probably work her way up to watching like princess mononoke uh which is a little bit more mature but it's not like that much more mature so uh you know so <laughs> as, as much as i'm probably gonna get crap for it uh or get uh being being told i'm a boomer or whatever um my anime experience was really mostly back when i was a kid seeing uh the stuff imported from uh japan all the shogun warrior stuff like your uh guy king uh the the star avengers um things like that that were shown on uh uh, uh showtime dangard ace that was another one that was shown on showtime and that was right around the time that we had voltron and then gi joe hit and then transformers and uh anything animated was just starting to become huge uh, matter of fact, uh, fun fact for everybody out there, G.I. Joe, when it first premiered, was a uh, five-episode miniseries, uh, and it premiered on my birthday in 1983. So, fun fact. Um, and Hasbro is uh, just running them without commercial breaks on repeat uh, on YouTube Kids and on the Hasbro YouTube channel. Uh, so that's kind of, if you want something to watch in the background for a couple hours on a weekend or whatever, you know, pop that in, it'll be there. Um, but yeah, as far as the new stuff that like all things. <laughs> so what we're saying here, um, what we're saying here is that we need to, oh, over need my to head. get Scott to sit down and watch some studios, Ghibli movies. Oh, oh no. Like I have so <laughs> much stuff that I, I can and need to do. Like. Um, that that's going to be so. If far there's the if there's any good definitive one to sit down and watch, it's probably Princess Mononoke. Uh, that one is yeah. by far one of the best. Uh, I might get some flack for that. I don't know. I I think it's one of the best. It's one of the best uh, Studio Ghibli films, in my opinion. Like it's just it's the right combination of action, 
and just really, really intriguing story. And they just did a really, he just, Hayao Miyazaki is a genius anyways. And so he just did a really good job with it. But uh, I'm a a pretty big fan of those films. Like I, if I was in a line of people and they were naming off their favorite anime uh, movie or show, I would have been like, I saw a <laughs> like like that's literally going to be my oh, answer. Oh man, so. Scott, we got to school you. It's it's yeah. all good. I mean, not everybody that's in the same sphere is going to like. All yeah, the we got we got homework it's for just, you then. It it it, it is what it is. You got to sit so. down. You got to sit down. You got to watch the weird one, and then you're going to watch the serious one. Well, uh, let, let me add something to that before we get to our our magic topics. Back in the day when I was hitting the clubs, uh, Ninja Scroll would often be playing on TV. So mm, there'd be some tentacle porn for all the eighteen-year-olds that were coming to the clubs. You know, yeah, whatever, that's right? not that's not that's not as weird as it can get, Scott. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, I know. I know. That's why break the breaks when, have been hit. And when 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 fully coolly exists, you know that weirdness is a thing. Uh, and if you don't know anything about fully coolly. Uh, the literal uh, basis of the entire series is that this boy has robots that burst forth from his head. Uh, and then a girl with a bass guitar also bursts forth from his head and fights the robots. With yeah, a moped. That's pretty weird. With a, with a moped. Yeah. With, uh, and, that's and, some yeah, imagination. It's, it's, it's certainly incredibly something. Uh, and then, yeah. then you also have ones like uh, Gurren Lagann which is probably my favorite, like, way out there anime. And literally that entire show is about spinning. <laughs> it's about drills and spinning. <laughs> it's, drills yeah. it's about giant and robots spinning. and drills. And the faster you spin your drill, the faster you win. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a really wild out there, sh- out there anime. And it's really good. Like, it's, don't get me wrong, like, it's fantastic. But man, when you could you could distill it down to that, basically, and it's hilarious. Uh, but I, I sounds like a mix between Digimon and Blade, and uh, it's just Beyblades. like the 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 threats get bigger and bigger, and the drills get bigger and bigger. <laughs> so there's so much, so many drills in that show. Like, well, speaking of drills, I wonder how many legacy players in the Mana Traders Legacy series on MTGO had to go through drills to perfect their play. I don't know. Uh, I have not decided yet whether or not I'm going to do that yet or not. <laughs> I, I, I tried, I, tried I got to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have not decided, but uh, yeah, if you if any of you guys haven't heard yet, there's a the Mana Traders Legacy series. They do these series like practically every month. Uh, and it's not just Legacy. They do, some months they'll do Modern. Uh, they'll, some months they'll do, you know, Standard or whatever. But uh, they do these series, and they're free to enter. They are free to enter, uh, which is kind of cool. Uh, and throughout like the first couple weeks of the month, they do. You basically just gonna play your matches at your own pace, uh, and then basically you qualify for their Swiss round tournament by making a certain number of win percentage or a certain number of wins by playing at your own pace. So you can play at your own pace, and as long as you meet like the win percentage, you qualify for the Swiss rounds. Uh, and then they play out their Swiss rounds on like the last like Saturday of the month or whatnot, and then like that Sunday they do the top eight. Uh, so it's it's cool, yeah. And this year, of course, this month they're doing Legacy. 
and okay. I I bet that works for the folks that aren't in the United States because I mean one of the big things with the Magic Online tournaments because uh, it's all we got right yeah, now because yeah. 2020 is that uh, time zone constraints can kind of mess people up, mess their sleep schedules up. So yeah, I haven't I decided what I'm going to do it yet or not. Like for this month, because uh, I've just been kind of busy. And all right, I'm I'm going to say this, Joe. Unlike last time when you picked the uh, the four color Omnom pile or whatever. If your choice is between a known quantity and something fun to play, go go with the known quantity. I'm probably gonna try and qualify for the Swiss, maybe. Uh, and okay. if I'm gonna do that, I'm just gonna play Oops. Uh, simply hey, there you because go. games will take quick, go quickly. <laughs> uh, yes. uh, plus, plus less yep. brain power. Like as as much as playing at your own pace can be but, cool. The, the more time you devote something to, like, even you just put, like, uh, a match right. in a day, right? Like, there are going to be diminishing returns by the time you get to the end of the week where your brain is still going to be just kind of not reset yet. You're not going to be fully recharged once you hit the right. Swiss rounds. Now, I, I think so, what I, the other thing is possible is that Commander Legends will be available mm-hmm. next week. Uh, and yeah. And I might want to try it i i have both decks run it out but i have oops run it out and i also have karn echo the echo stompy deck run it out uh yeah i've seen yeah. your screenshots where you've been that playing deck that is lately. absurd uh quite honestly it it's like, like it. it's like vintage level play in legacy like it's are there any reserve list cards in that city of traders yeah uh, yeah that's I think so that's actually no, not bad uh i think you still play like at least two to three city of treasure, maybe even a full four. You you play a ton of soul lands yeah. in that deck because you kind of you kind of oh, yeah. yeah like yeah the deck is yeah. literally nothing but a chalice slash. Um, it, it's so weird how the deck works. Like on paper, you look at the deck and you go, "How do why, how does this deck actually do anything?" <laughs> like I don't understand how this how, do right, how does this deck win. <laughs> Uh, and no, actually, so the list I'm playing right now only plays two City of Traders. So it's uh, four Ancient Tomb, two City of Traders, four Seed of the Synod, uh, seven Snow Covered Island. And the Seed of the Synod sounds weird at first. Like you look at it and you're like, okay, wait a minute, Seed of the Synod, like I don't understand why you're playing an artifact land. Uh, but there are, the deck plays four Emery, Lurker of the Lock. And so Emery gets reduced by the fact that Seed of the Synod is an artifact. So you can play like uh, Seed of the Synod, Lotus Petal, Emery as like an opening line. Like that's that's something you can do. That's yeah, pretty good. Like that's that's a pretty good uh, investment for your mana. But the deck is like you're playing Emery Lurker of the Lock. You're playing Urza. Uh, you're playing Karn. Like it's all these like big hitter cards that all have to be answered, or else you 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 know your opponent dies to them. Uh, so it's a right. You, you just right. snowball in, into the advantage that you're uh, getting. You're also playing a Psy Master Thopterist, uh, and so with Psy, <laughs> like you have all these zero drop spells. Like you have you have oh you know, three goodness. Lion's Eye Diamond in the main. You have four Lotus Petal. You have two Mishra's Bobble. You have four Mox Opal. Four Urza's Bobble. Like oh LED. There's the other. Uh, oh yeah, yeah card. LED. Yeah, yeah. You have to play LED. Unfortunately, yeah, you do. Yeah. You, you can't play this deck without LED. It falls apart without LED. 
unfortunately. Yeah. Because uh, you have three LED in the main and one LED in the board. Uh, but yeah, like six reserveless cards right. in the deck. That's actually not no. bad, especially when only two of them right. are land. But, but anyway, uh, go ahead. And so, of course, it's a chalice deck. Uh, but the really the biggest thing about the deck that's really mind that's really backbreaking is the fact that it it's a four Narset Parter of Veils deck, but it's also a four Echo of Eons deck. Uh, for those of you who don't know what Echo of Eons does, it's a six mana wheel. Uh, so it's a it's a six mana time twister effect. So each player shuffles their hand, their graveyard, and their library, and it draws that many cards. But you can flash it back for two and a blue, which is conveniently Lion's Eye Diamond mana. So you can crack Lion's Eye Diamond with it in your hand and put it in your graveyard and cast it from your graveyard. Uh, but the big thing is is Narset's st- static ability of each opponent can't draw more than one card each turn. If you are echoing with Narset into play, they're going to draw one card. You are you are debilitating their ability to play the game at that point. Uh, and of course, you're also playing all, again. You're playing all these big hitter cards. You're playing Chalice. You're playing Karn. Uh, Karn is just absolutely busted in this format. Like it's just absolutely the most absurd thing to be doing. Uh, and so you get to play, you know, for Karn, <laughs> and that feels gross. <laughs> And by the time that you assemble Karn, Narset, uh, Emery, and, like all these things on the board, once you if you draw that one card, that one card isn't going to shatter whatever is going on with the strategy. So, like the chances of the opponent winning after you wheel them with Echo Vions is almost nil. Yeah, and of course, guess uh, this deck is getting a brand new piece of tech in a week. Uh, Hall yeah. Breacher. <laughs> so I am looking forward uh, to a card that plays so well with Echo of Eons that it gives you seven mana for playing Echo of Eons. <laughs> it, it has yeah. flash. It has flash, yep. Joe. So Holy we're looking shit. forward. It's two and a blue we're has flash. To that. Flash it in on your opponent's unstop, untap, uh, echo Jesus. them. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a card that we'll see play in that deck for sure. I just don't know. I just don't know what the split is because Narset is still severely relevant. Like the problem mm. is, is that Narset's still really good. Uh, you still yeah. want to play Narsets because Narset's impulse dig through time mini ability is very relevant. Uh, I had oh, yeah. a game where I won on turn one, and the only reason I won on turn one is because the turn one Narset I cast uh, found me the Echo of Eons I needed to cast. That's and so, like, I was like, okay, cool. Like, I just wheel. We'll just wheel here. Like, if they aren't countering the Narset, they don't have a counter for the, for the Echo. Wheel Absolutely. Them. And, of course, they concede to the wheel. Like, there's just no... And I it, I think they were, like, on, like, a Maverick D&T-style list. Anyways, so, like, even Ooh. worse. Like, that's just no answering that kind of start. It's, like, abrupt decay or bust, and that's, like... It feels... That feels lanes. real bad though. After you, if you get wheeled on the first turn, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, bef- before right. the wheel, yeah, or or maybe in response yeah. to the wheel, but but yeah, man, like I I I seriously hope that you don't find room for hall breacher <laughs> because to when it comes down to these cards coming to Commander Legends, to quote our friend Aaron Campbell, why are you like uh, this? I have a feeling it's going to be like a split of three and three. Like, you play three Narset yeah. and three Hull Breacher. I just don't know where those other two cards are going to come from. 
possibly cutting the two Mishra's baubles, but I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, it's such it, a decks really, like this because you don't want to cut like Psy. Like that's my really biggest concern. Like you don't want to cut Psy because right. Psy is really good. I I have found that well, there are games where your opponent's like, ha ha, I got a ley line, and you're like, cool. Here's Psy and Urza. Right. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just gonna make a bunch of do, uh, evasive dudes attack right? you. They're all like. Um, they're all uh, mock sapphires. Yeah. By the way. Here's this Urza. Oh yeah, yeah. Sai yeah. making um, mana for Urza is not lost on me. Trust me. Yeah, um, like right. No, but like but they'll I, bring I, in when, like Leyline for like uh, Emery and you know or, or, or something. Echo, yeah. You know, you'll they'll want you to hit your Echoes and your in your Emery and stuff like that, and you're just like, cool, play. Right. You know, a creature that makes a bunch of creatures. And a creature that lets me play things out of my library for free. Uh, right now I'm an right? aggro deck. Yeah, yeah, you know. So yeah, once you once you develop a couple of thopters on board, uh, I had a game I won with an ensnaring bridge, my own ensnaring bridge in play, and I would draw a card, attack with the thopters, <laughs> then uh, play the card. <laughs> See, I, I used to do that yeah. in my Tesserator deck back in modern. This and, is you would yeah, probably I, really enjoy this deck, honestly. It's literally it's yeah, literally but, Tesserator, it just. Updated. Yeah, but I want to. I want to punch Urza in the face. Like Urza took the title of artif- artificer or artifact master from Tesra. He is the OG, and it, <laughs> I, I guess, he but is still, the OG for um, a reason. But like when you mentioned cutting Mishra's baubles, like I would really take a look at your artifact yeah. count because that's one thing when I was building Tesserator decks is you had to have like. Um, uh, a number, uh, a minimum number of artifacts in order for the deck to even be good. Yeah, this is uh, this is way that was different. Like pushing twenty. Like, oh sure, sure. That this is such a. It's hard to explain. It's like it's such a a role player type deck. Uh, so you're picking what you're doing based on what you. You're still mulliganing really aggressively, but you're picking what you're doing based on what you have available, and like pretty much everything you do is like big time haymaker. So it doesn't matter what you're casting, like as far as like all your support spells are great, and they almost all draw you cards. Like all your, your bobbles all draw you cards, but like you cast an Urza, they got to deal with the Urza, and not only that, Urza's really good against decks playing Caracas, because you just never want to Caracas their Urza. <laughs> yeah, because they're just going to float that mana. And well, replay, well, yeah. Right? You just, oh, you've got Sir Crocus. Cool. I'll, I'll, you Crocus my Urza. I'm just going to replay Urza and get another token. You know, yeah, that's that's the real. <laughs> so they'll waste you know Caracas on like Emery or Psy, and you're like, okay, yeah. like. But then like you'll be like, oh, here's Karn. You know, so the, while they're right. focused on one thing, you can just jam in another thing that they have to. That's a, just another thing they have to deal with. What if they errated Caracas to allow you to bounce any legendary? Dear God, that permanent? would be weird, and that would be that would make the card kind of overpowered. I feel like put your planeswalker yeah, back in your hand. Yeah, that would. Well, not only that, put your legendary land back in your hand. You know, yeah, put your dark depths back in your hand. Like, <laughs> uh, okay. I'm gonna copy with Thespian Stage and with that trigger I'm gonna bounce it to my hand. Dark Depths to my hand. 
Oh, that, yeah, that'd that be would kind be of kind of weird. Yeah, I I don't think that would ever happen. But obviously, that would make Caracas pretty stupid. <laughs> yeah, so, it would. But so yeah, I might play that too because I'm I'm looking forward to testing some of the stuff from uh, Commander Legends and whatnot, and hope seeing what goes what fits where. And uh, I also kind of want to just try a uh, a list with uh, Dargo the Shipbreaker. Like a mono red artifact stompy list with Dargo, like that also plays like maybe Painter. Mm, uh, okay. Dargo is the one that if you sacrifice, if you had sacrificed artifacts, or you can sacrifice artifacts when you cast him, uh, and he costs two less for each artifact that you sacked or each artifact that was sacked that turn. So you can go like turn one, like Bobble Bobble Great Furnace, and cat, and then crack both <laughs> your bobbles, and then pay the red mana and sack the, the the great furnace as part of casting him and uh be able to cast dargo for one mana and you get a one mm. mana seven five trampler that's <laughs> and i was just like it feels a lot like hogak to me like you know it feels like there's a enough things that would that it could work with that it feels like hogak and i'm like that's bonkers like what that, like that you is. could you could play this with lotus petals and just make it really absurd. Like just lotus get your lotus petal pays for mana pays for both halves of that because you crack it for red your... <laughs> and yeah. then it also counts for two. <laughs> so get your blue elemental blast right? now, right? Or your hydro blast, yeah. But I'm just like man, yeah. and like that, it's in a, it would be in like a deck that where you would think. Okay, maybe I don't have a whole like I'm playing like a prison strategy. Like this may be like a sideboard card. Like you're playing like a prison strategy, okay. like game one or whatnot, and you're playing Karn and all this other cool, you know, like artifact synergy, you know, stuff. But you're not playing a whole lot of creatures. Maybe. You know. Like a mono red yeah, like, prison. Like a mono red prison deck with... with no creatures or something like that. Right, you're on like the plane right, for playing right, with Karns right. and Chandra's or and something. And so game two, they're boarding they're not boarding in you know, removal for creatures. They're boarding it out or whatnot. And you go, yeah. turn one, seven, five, trample, or go. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, what? Yes. And they're holding on to that force of negation, like, uh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I feel like that would be kind of fun to, to play around with. But so maybe, maybe that's your next video oh series. Uh, you you did the mono green bears. Uh, now it's time to do the the mono red. I still red need pirate. to get around to doing the the crab shack deck. Ah, I just okay. No time lately, so yeah. unfortunately, but so yeah, uh, mana trader series. That's that's up on the docket. Uh, we also have Kaladesh remastered on uh, Arena this week, and we get fast yeah, lands, Joe. We get fast lands, uh, fatal push. Yeah, that's, that's big time right there. Uh, I have we get not played <laughs> a game of Arena in like a long while, so I might have to fire it up just to like get the update and like put in like the code for like the pack, and that might be about yeah. it. So I don't know, but uh, they oh, that, they put in fair. some good cards though. I I have to admit, like there's some cards in there that are very good. Uh, the one that I saw that was stood out to me a lot. That's sort of innocuous to people if they don't remember that standard era at all is refurbish 
Yeah. That oh, card yeah. is so dumb. Uh, and people might not remember, because especially now that, like, Historic has access to uh, Stitcher Supplier and those kinds of cards. Mm-hmm. So Refurbished mm-hmm. just gets way better in that scenario, because you can play a bunch of Stitcher oh, yeah. Suppliers and then refurbish your God Pharaoh's Gift. And Splash Bowl. Uh, refurbished for the kids uh, watching at home is three colors and a white, uh, sorcery, return target artifact card from your graveyard to yeah. the battlefield. And when I saw this, my first thought was like, oh my god, it's a zombify for yeah. artifacts. And then I'm like, oh my god, can we do solar flare in standard? Is it back? Yeah. Uh, no. It, wasn't. But, it, was, it, was, it was used uh, a lot in conjunction at that time with God Pharaoh's Gift. Yeah, because uh, there were white, blue God Pharaoh's Gift yeah. decks running yeah. around out there. And the big payoff was Angel of Invention. Yes, which is also in this uh, set, obviously. Right. So. Uh, three of anything, two white, a angel, duh, uh, flying vigilance lifelink, all the keywords you want on an angel. And it has fabricate, uh, fabricate easy for me to say, two, meaning you can either put, I think there are thopters. You put two thopters. And, and, like, like, no, it's servos. Two one, no, it's one servos. Thopters. Oh, yeah. Two one one servos into play, or you put two plus one plus one counters on angel. When, when you're God Pharaoh's gifting this, you're definitely choosing the servos, though. Yeah. Yes, because it says other creatures you control get plus yes. one plus one. So when she comes back via God Pharaoh's she's gift, a four four. Uh, she's she's a four four, and then makes two one one. So it's kind of like a grave type yeah, type of yeah. effect. Uh, so yeah, so, I saw that. Yeah, that that's pretty uh, good. I think the other thing is that there that's kind of like an unknown quantity at this point uh, because people aren't really sure how the decks are going to play out with it. But energy mm-hmm. being in in the set. Obviously, is yeah. interesting because who knows how that's gonna actually play out. Like, do you remember fidget spinners? Yes. Okay, so back in the before time, when uh, Brian David Marshall would actually uh, uh, do coverage for an event, and we actually had paper events that uh, people could either qualify or, or attend, uh, someone played Aetherworks Marvel, the four mana cost artifact that allows you to tap and pay six energy this uninterrupted un uh what's what i'm looking for uninteractive form of resource that you can gain during the game by the way fable passage is legal and uh historic so that's one way to continue to gain energy um so you you tap eighthworks marvel pay six energy you look at the top six cards of your library and you may cast c-a-s-t cast a spell from among them without paying its mana cost put the rest of the bomb and rain of water hey scott whatever, you know right? what's legal and historic uh Ulamog the ceaseless <laughs> yeah <hunter. laughs> so this is what people would do they would tap eighth works marvel then they would tap they, then they would play with their fidget spinner on camera uh because lol right and then find their Ulamog, uh, which is cast. I think it was Embercle at the time, because Ulamog wasn't legal yet. Uh, was Ulamog legal at the same time as Aetherworks uh, Marvel? Uh, uh, Ulamog was, oh, yeah. But Embercle quickly became... Yeah. Are it, you sure? It, it did, but... Yeah, hold on. Are you uh, sure? I, I don't think that... Because um, wasn't Kaladish a false set? Standard... Uh, magic... Hold on. Pulling it up now. I'm looking at the 
Timeline of Magic the Gathering Standard. Here we go. Yay, Wikipedia. Fast forward, fast forward. Here we go. Went too far. All right, so there was a time when Kaladesh was initially released. If I can get back there. Uh, it was, yeah. Uh, Battle for Zendikar, Oath of the Gatewatch. Okay. Shadows of Renistrad, Eldritch Moon, Kaladesh, Aetherable, Amica, da 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 da. So, yeah, there was a time in the summer of 2017. That was before, um, uh, what was it? Rotation. Yeah, that was before Battle Oath. Well, Kaladesh Kalad- yeah. came out in September of 2016. Right, exactly. Yes. Was that the uh, was that yeah, the year where we had that really weird rotation because they were going to try something different and then they chose to go back or something like that? Uh, uh it was shortly after okay. that, yes, because there was a time when um, uh, Mark Rosewater and the folks at Wizards of the Coast back in uh, October 2015 were like, "Hey, we're going to do uh, standard rotations where there are only uh, six sets maximum in standard." And then once you hit your six set, the next time a set comes out, we'll go back down to five sets and rotate like twice a year. Uh, and people didn't like that. Um, and, but the thing is, cards were designed with that in mind. So we had uh, situations where uh, Gideon Ally of Zendikar stayed around a lot longer than he was supposed to. Um, but yeah, in January 2017... That's when we had Emrakul the Promised End, Smuggler's Copter, and Reflector Mage banned. Uh, and then they went back to the, uh, in April of 2017, went back to what we have now as far as our rotation only in September. Uh, also on that same day, they're like, oh, hey, we got this pizza that said banned cat uh, and Feldar Guardian was yes. banned. Uh, then a couple months after that, in June of 2019, so after a spring and a little bit of the, uh, the summer, yeah, 2017, Aetherworks Marvel card we were just talking about right. was banned. Um, so yeah, uh, so we had uh, a fidget spinner spring, yeah, uh, a spring and summer in a way, or winter and spring, we'll put that way. That's anyway, right, because yeah, yeah energy- that, was, that was why things were weird, because they had... They had that whole situation where those things stayed in standard for longer than it felt like, because then when Exelon came in, then that stuff rotated out. That's right. That's so weird. What's crazy, though, is that during this era, there was artifact removal. Right. But people weren't playing it. So, like, we had Unlicensed Disintegration, which was probably the most played artifact removal spell one a black and a red destroy target creature if you control or okay this is destroy target creature i was saying colgan's man for some reason yeah but we had like naturalized effects in green but people weren't playing them because the rest of the green cards outside of the energy cards were kind of meh um but yeah it'll be interesting because you can actually go back and look at pro tour winning decks or just winning standard decks yeah and if you have the wild cards and, and the uh, IRL money to buy these digital objects, you could rebuild card for card standard decks that were from Kaladesh forward yeah. right now on yeah. Arena. The only thing uh, you can't build is cat so, because they didn't put cat in there. 
Which was yeah, smart. They they didn't Yeah. Yeah, they didn't put Feldar Guardian. They also did not put Walking yeah. Ballista uh in well, here. So I, I think are, it makes sense because the, the fact that it remains is that if historic or not historic, but if uh Pioneer can't deal with those cards uh and with a much larger card pool then historic definitely can't. And so uh basically you would be putting into into the arena. You would be programming in arena cards that are banned in formats and that would be basically useless that would not be played anywhere so there'd be no reason to open them there'd be no reason to redeem them at all so like it's probably just a really smart idea <laughs> to have not done it in the first Absolutely. place but uh smuggler's copter uh also yeah not and again that makes a lot of sense so, so yeah. yeah i'd be curious to see what the energy decks do because they left in a lot of the good energy cards uh, like like a tune with oh. Aethers in there, and uh, mm -hmm. Rogue Refiner is also yep. in Rogue there. Rogue Refiner's in here. Uh, they did put one of my favorite cards. They, they also kept in one of my favorite cards from that block, uh, which is a uh, Renegade Rallier. Uh, that card is super yeah. cool. Uh, <laughs> that, that card's uh, for crazy. us, what Renegade Rallier is a one green white for a three two. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, if a permanent you control left the battlefield this turn, you return target permanent card with converted mana cost two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Uh, that was that was a big part of like modern at that time too. There was modern decks playing this card at that time because um, I remember one of our locals uh, would play a deck with it and it would play like Lotus Cobra and Fetch Lands, and you would play Renegade Rallyer on like turn three with your. Well, you play like. Turn two, you could play turn two Renegade Rallyer with uh, Fetch Lands and uh, a turn two Lotus Cobra because you could play turn one Mana Dork into turn two Lotus Cobra, Fetch Land, get a mana, play uh, Crack Fetch Land, get a mana, cast Renegade Rallyer, get back to Fetch Land. <laughs> and, right. And get right, more mana. Yeah. And I remember seeing this deck and I'm just like, holy cow. Like, and what, what's crazy is that the deck wasn't just a dirtle deck to generate value is these creatures that were attacking right. you. So if you didn't kill the proper creature, it was coming back with Renegade right. uh, Rallier. It, well, it just, and like with that happen. chain, you could also chain, like if you had more than run Rallier in your hand, you could chain a second Rallier and all of a sudden you've got, you know, six power, you know, just from those two creatures on, on board, you know, if you had it, because you'd bring back your fetch land, get a mana from Lotus Cobra Crack or fetch land, get another mana <laughs> from Lotus Cover plus the land, and then you just cast it again, cast another one, and then get back your fetch land. <laughs> and you're just like, how dumb is this again? Yeah, it was that was a thing. Yeah. yeah, so it's interesting, but it is. And there, there's a lot of sweet cards in here. Like, um, trying to find some stuff real quick as we're looking over the list. Um, I am glad that the Gearhawk cycle is yeah. back, uh, or, or accessible, I, I should say, for uh, for those who are newer to Arena. Um, I also am pleased that we finally have the card we've always been seeing when we log in, Chandra Torture Defiance. We can finally play this card. It's like, can you just give us the damn card? Like, we, we've been seeing her on the screen every time we go to log in. Like, it never made sense to me that... Literally, the first thing you see when you pull up Arena was not a card you can play, but now we can. Um, my my only beef with this is for those of us who have played a long time, especially during the 
uh, quote, open beta or whatever, where we had access to these cards, why they could not remember that with our logins and restore those cards in our collection. Uh, that That's my only beef with this, because I had, like, um, Torrential Gearhawks, of course, and Disallows. Um, you know, it, it would have been nice to uh, open up Arena after this update. It's like, oh, hey, they're back. Because they took them, they wiped everybody when they, quote, went live. Um, at, I think it was the beginning of uh, Guild of Ravnica, if I remember right. So, but, so, fun, eh, so also, eh. another fun fact, one of my, one of my buddies, uh, one of my vintage buddies, uh, Justin Gennari, uh, who was the Season 2 uh, Vintage Showcase uh, Qualifier Champion. Uh, so that netted him uh, a uh, invite to the mocks uh, for the, the 2020 mocks. And he, they said, so the 2020 mocks is going to be like split standard or uh, standard slash historic. <laughs> and so we were like, huh, well, that's interesting. So it's on arena. They're going to get stocked accounts for it because it's basically a pro tour. Yeah, it's, it's basically Pro Tour. So they're going to get stocked accounts for it. So, like, that's not an issue. But, like, his stocked account's only going to be, like, he's going to get, like, a week's worth of testing, probably. But we were joking. It's like, hey, Kaladesh Remastered, guess what cards in Kaladesh Remastered that gets sees a lot of play in Vintage? And I mean a lot of play in Vintage. Um, I'll give you a hint. It's a blue card. I was say it's. Uh, I was gonna guess Heart nope. of Kieran because I was thinking workshops nope. and all that stuff. It's a blue, it's a blue card. card. Um, it's not War of Invention. Oh yeah, Paradox outcome. Yeah, want to guess what yeah. he won the Vintage Showcase qualifier on? Uh, on, on PO. PO. Yep. So we were like, Hey, Justin, mm-hmm. PO is legal and historic, <laughs> and he's like. Yep. I guess I'm gonna have to do it, and I. <laughs> yeah, because um, yeah, Ornithopter is uh, legal now in historic. Yeah. So yeah, we were joking about that. It's like, well, unless it was before. Uh, I, I think can't it was remember, before, but. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was because it was in Dominaria. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, so he, it's this is PO's legal, so he's like, all right, sure, but. Uh, it's either, uh, I think we were joking, I think it was mainly a joke. I think he's going to try and play something good. So, I hope so. He's... <laughs> you, you know what else is legal? Uh, Paradox Engine. Yeah. Yeah, like, there's... uh it's in this set. That's cool. Yeah, I, I got beat today. Uh, a player was playing this mostly green but splashing blue uh, elf deck, but it also had the... Um, the one drop blue phantom pirate, mm. I think it is, uh, that has flash and, uh, you pay four to draw okay. a card. Uh, spectral sailor. Yeah. Spectral yeah, yeah, sailor. Yeah. Um, so I had that to, to draw cards and every time he'd play a, spe- he'd add a ton of mana with elvish arch druid and, um, heritage druid to add blue mana and his mana pool was ridiculous and he'd cast a spell, and some mana would go away, but not all of it. Uh, and then when he did, ran out of gas, it was like, oh, well, I'll just start drawing right. cards. Oh, cool, here's some more right. spells. And then, eventually, 
Uh, it got to the point where uh, my opponent played Aetherflux Reservoir. <laughs> and I happened to look at his life total, and I'm like, yeah, we're, we're done. Right, let's just, right, let's go and right. concede. Um, so yeah, no, this is this set looks pretty I sweet. I imagine there's uh, going to be plenty know, of decks playing Song of Creation with Aetherflux Reservoir. God. Oh, yeah. I love Song um, of Creation. But, you know... The, the, the set looks sweet. It's uh, for those not familiar with these uh, remastered arena sets. Essentially, it's taking uh, Kaladesh and Aether Revolt, taking pretty much the the best of the best. Well, maybe not the best of the best in everybody's opinion, but they're trying to pick Good the best cards. cards that yeah that will fit not only in a draft format to make it fun, playable, and not broken, but also add some excitement to historic and mashing it all together. Like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and a one. You know set. what was one thing that was uh, very interesting about this set, in contrast to Amonkhet Remastered, is that they didn't try to jam in any other additional cards. Yeah, I, I well, you say that I didn't see then, any though. But then here's this sculpting steel. Yeah, I did see that, and that's that says buy a box, and I don't know what that's about. So, uh, oh, well, I guess if you, um, uh, if you have 20,000 or 18,000, uh, gems on arena and use that to buy 90 packs, maybe you get one or two of these. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how that works. So, yeah, but I mean, it'll still be a craftable card, uh, on arena. Uh, but man, I see this and I'm like, so, so can we get, <laughs> Like, like, please? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe? It says it's legal and historic, so... Yeah, it's crazy. I'm like, why are we... Why? Well, it was an invention. And it's in that frame still. But, like, of all the artifacts, though, that were inventions... I mean... I mean, this this probably seems like the tamest one, though. Yeah, out of of all those inventions... This is probably the tamest invention that they could have picked. I mean, you know, our our, our dude Saffron Olive is gonna be like, hmm, sculpting steel. What harmonica with? Oh, panharmonicon. <laughs> yeah. Like, right? I have a feeling Good that they Lord. weren't gonna like like look. If you look at the rest of the Kaladesh inventions, uh, and yeah. just look at that set from a high level overview, this seems like the best one to have picked, uh, and simply because. Well, because also, like, a lot of the other stuff was already in the set. Like, you know, Cataclysmic Gear yeah, All the Gear Hulks were already in the set. Uh, yeah. We're not so, getting yeah, you're swords, not getting swords. So let's not you're not getting that. Aether Vial. Uh, but, but you're not Joe. getting... Well, okay, because it's not in Pioneer. Because it's not in Pioneer. <sighs> you're going to get cards that are, reason, that are in Pioneer. Uh, we already have Chromatic Lantern, so they don't need to add that. That's already in the set. All right. You're not going to get Chrome Mox, yeah. obviously. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm actually yeah, fine yeah. with that. To You're be not going to get Cloudstone Curio because that seems, I don't know, that's kind of busted. You're not your uh, Crucible yeah, World is already in on Arena, so you weren't going to get that. Uh, that uh, that's true. Don't want a power also seems kind of dumb. Uh, you were maybe not going to get Lightning Greaves. You definitely weren't going to get Lotus Petal, Mana Crypt, Mana Vault, or Soul Ring. <laughs> oh, darn. I mean, how else are, how else are you going to make Brawl into 
one v one commander to quote save uh, you, brawl. Here's you the soul ring. Get Mox Opal. Uh, you know, <sighs> uh, you yeah. were obviously not going to get. We already got Solemn Simulacrum. Uh, you already got Steel. Yeah, here. that's true. You weren't going to get any of the swords. You weren't going to get like like yeah. You just look at them and you're like, okay, Sculpting Steel yeah. feels like the tamest thing here. Like, yeah, it's really like the only thing right, left that makes because sense, you already so. have all the cards like Pithing Needle and Ornithopter and um, like you weren't gonna get like Staff of Domination, you weren't gonna get like Trenosphere or Worm Coil Engine or <laughs> or <Yeah>. Sundering Titan. This <laughs> is <laughs> what Sundering Lord. Titan into Historic. Why not? Like let's put right. let's put Trinisphere into Sunder into Historic. That makes perfect <laughs> sense. Like yeah, so yeah, I or Sphere Resistance, uh, you know, Oblivion right. Stone, Oof. Snaring Chalice of the Void, Chalice of the Void. That's what we need. You know? Yeah. No, I would be okay with. Pick. I would be actually somewhat okay with Arcbound Ravager, but that's just me. But that's also because they put the the snake in there. They put they put whining oh, yeah. in there, and I'm like, oh man, that would be cool to have yeah. like a uh, like a scales type deck, but you don't have scales, you just have uh, snake, and that seems fair because it costs two. Well, there was a um, there was a Selesnya card recently. I oh yeah, 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 I know what you're talking about. Kind of does the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe there'll be an Abzan scales yeah. type deck. I mean, or, or where plus one plus Steel one counters matter is a card something. that exists in the format. So yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. But you know, a, a card I've always wanted to play around with is Planar mm. Bridge because it's just it's six generic mana, the legendary artifact. You have to have eight generic mana. Tap it, and you search your library for a yeah. permanent card. And just yeah. put it on the battlefield. It's I literally, I literally, like, so the, the, the Joyra decklist that I play around with in, in general, most always generally include that card, uh, simply because it, it usually wins you the game if you get it into play and you can activate it because sometimes, you know, you draw enough cards, you're not drawing enough cards to like get through, like to keep casting things. And you're just like, oh, I need like Mystic Forge. Planar Bridge goes and gets Mystic Forge, or Planar Bridge goes and gets the other half of Mystic Forge, which is Sensei's Divining Top, you know that sort of thing. So, usually, most of the time, it includes that card. So, I have a feeling that that card is ju- that deck is just going to get more egregious, though. Now, I think a lot more people are going to play those kinds of generals now because of because yeah, oh, yeah. of Jeweled yeah, Lotus absolutely. in general. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, I. I, I t- just playing a turn one Joyra off of Jeweled Lotus feels so dirty. Like, and then going like Lotus Petal, Mox Opal, <laughs> Box Amber, <laughs> right. Mana Crypt. <laughs> like, and then casting like Helm of Awakening or, you know, one of those cards, you know, and, and then just. Sure. And then casting your free Soul Ring and then, you know, casting yeah. Sensei's Divining Top for free and then using t- Top to find. You know, more stuff to cast. Draw with top. Cast that. Draw top. Cast top. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You just you, oh, yeah. you draw your whole it's, deck. It's kind of, and then you then you just find your Mystic Forge and win. You just have to find Mystic Forge right. at that point, and you, and you just win because you could just keep drawing Ugh. with top and recasting top off the top of your library. 
So yeah, right. it's literally a vintage deck at that point. Like you're just playing by yourself. <laughs> you know, you you bring up an interesting point. Um, is there a danger that uh, Commander is becoming uh, uh, Singleton Vintage? I, I, I think that maybe we do need vintage. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, you're it's not wrong at some point. So, I mean, how many cards have been banned in recent years or yeah, restricted yeah, in recent I mean, years? Look at the blue. Look at the blue decks. But, like they're pretty much a pile of restricted cards. So right, but it's just that with with these commander decks where they're all uh, getting so tuned with how much information is being put out, especially when new set comes out. And within a month, you know, all of your known decks are updated with whatever the new cards are. Maybe other changes have happened. Uh, you know, and granted, it's supposed to be a quote-unquote casual format. So when we get cards like Opposition Agent and Hall Breacher and things that are supposed to hamper some of the overpowered gameplay effects like your tutors and your card draw in the singleton formats... You know, I, I kind of wonder if there's a, a, a push-pull thing going on where people don't want them, but at the same time, the people that want them want them because they don't want the format to turn to singleton vintage. So I, I, don't, I don't know either. Uh, so I don't pay that much attention to the format either. So, uh, like, yeah, I'm. I, I, all I know, all I know is that my, that I and I, I said this when I was on the dead format. Uh, recently, which was mm-hmm. uh, that this set, this Commander Legends set, is essentially the modern horizons of Commander, uh, and that's essentially yeah. how how the best way to look at it because the format's just literally never going to be the same after the set. So oh no. oh no, not all, and it obviously opens the door for a yeah. second one. Uh, so which I can't wait until we get all of our other. Uh, power nine effect if you're casting or controlling your oh, commander God, type yeah. cards. Because yep. why not, right? Just right. just let it rip. Now I do I, I do have to admit that uh, from what I've seen so far uh, of like the quality of the card stock or whatever has not been too bad. Uh, but most especially mm-hmm. somebody shared a picture of one of the etched foils, and apparently like oh, yeah. the quality I think it was... of those is like insanely good. Yeah, I think it was someone from Loading yeah. Ready Run. And they were like, "It's this has been uh, sitting here for two weeks, and it's still, like, flat. I'm like, cool. Well, now, let's keep in mind, though, that Loading Ready Run is from our the country that is our neighbor to the north, Canada. And their air quality is probably oh, a true, lot better than true. here in the United States. So, you know, however, if a card is going to curl, underline curl... It's gonna be from yeah. Canada, right? <laughs> hey. Hey. But hey. Yeah, I, I look at me in Olympics joke in twenty twenty. That um, they're pretty. They well, I think it's mainly because of how the foiling's done too. Like it's all yeah. across the card, and well, it's been pretty weird since Avacyn yeah. restored. So this isn't really anything yeah. new. The things you learn when you um, are, especially since you know, like I'm foiling a popper cube. The things you learn when yeah. from about different area era foils when you have like such a like wide range of history in that it's so Mm -hmm. strange like one thing i've really learned and i I was talking about this in one of the discords i'm in 
uh, is I've really learned one of the things I learned from this experience is that morning not uh, Lorwyn and Shadowmoor block foils are so extremely mm-hmm. dark. Like it's so oh, yeah. insane how dark they are. And I'm just like, man, like this is weird. Like I have a couple different foils from that block, those two blocks in there. Like my original foil uh Moldrifter. Uh I have one from Lorwyn in there and it's like, man, this is really dark. Like I don't get it. Like it's so strange. Uh Yeah, I'm I'm looking at um I'm looking at my cryptic command comparing it to force negation and the uh the text box around the card name uh seems very muted uh even the the coloration uh around the board uh around the border of the card uh feels a bit darker not quite navy blue but definitely going more like a royal blue where like force negation when the, the light shining off it feels like a lighter blue um even uh, my my foil delays uh, from Future Sight kind of have that same feel as the Cryptic Commands. I mean, come on, Joe! Like, it's my name, MTG Pack <laughs> Foils, right? Yeah. So like, you're you're doing your popper, you're doing your uh, popper cube. Uh, it's in my name. I mean, we know what we're talking about. I'm when probably going to foils, gonna be but... replacing the Mole Drifter, though, because I want to get yeah. one of the extended art foils from Commander Legends. Okay. So that, I think I might chip replace it with that. I got a couple cards that I'm gonna replace with um, the extended art foils, like Teamer Battle Rage yeah. is probably one of them. Uh, I found out that uh, there were a couple cards I put on my list that I wanted to pick up that are downshifts. So they there was a lot of there were a lot oh. of cool downshifts into this in this set, mm-hmm. and one of them was Fleshbag Marauder. Got downshifted to common, yeah. and so uh, oh, apparently they made uh, they did an extended art uh, one for that, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, there's an extended art foil, um, uh, flashback marauder. Yeah, I, I will definitely want to pick that up. So, yep, add yeah. That to the so list? there's a couple I have on oh. my list, uh, like um, Slith Ascendant is one of them. Uh, that the monarch enchantment that everybody is freaking out about, uh, fall from favor, is on the list. Oh um, yeah, fiery cannonade. That's huge. Fiery yeah. cannonade is huge. Deal two damage to each non-pirate to creature. Each non-pirate yeah, that's creature. huge. That's a big board wipe. Like uh, and then, like filigree familiar, uh, and I think foundry inspector's first time being common too. So uh, I, that's just kind of neat. Uh, card that I'm intimately familiar with from Vintage. Uh, yeah. Right. Now, what what's weird, though, is that in paper, we're getting a reprint of Foundry Inspector uh, where it'll be a common, where in Caldas Remastered, it's still an uncommon. So, yeah, there's not been any shifts with the arena stuff. Uh, but this is so, all gonna, this is this isn't even going to be on arena. This is all ma- Magic Online, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. So yeah, it'll, it'll just be on but, Magic uh, Online. But you know, so I I can see where players can be a little confused between you know we got two things releasing at the same time in Magic, one digital, right. one paper, and it's like wait a minute, this card is from this set, but this and that and. Yeah, so it might confuse some people. So just something to yeah. be on the lookout for. The, the only other thing um, I was really upset about was that there are some really interesting ones that are mm-hmm. kind of cool sounding, 
but they have Encore, and Encore in a, in a cube environment oh. is just awful. Yeah, like yeah, that, that's yeah, a weird ability. Like, there's a really good one. It's uh, what is it? it is Exquisite Huntmaster. It's pretty neat. Uh, when mm-hmm. he dies, you create a. It's a four two. When he dies, create a one one green elf warrior creature token. Which when you have when you yeah, encore it, like cool, you're like you're getting like four of them, you or three of them or whatever. Uh, and so like you're mm-hmm. getting a lot of value out of that, but in a one by one v one format like cube. Uh, no, actually, no. It was impulsive pilferer that was the really interesting one, which is the one drop one one. When it dies, you create a treasure token. And oh, I'm like, yeah. oh, that's cool, but it has Encore, and you're like, eh. <laughs> like, yeah. so, I don't know. But, uh, so you were talking about Delay. I know you wanted to talk about Modern a little bit, because you were saying that you were seeing Modern yeah. Control Decks with four Delay. It, it's crazy. Um, and we'll, we'll get back to the uh, <laughs> other thing here on the show notes. Uh, yeah, we can talk about we, that uh, last. Uh, after we do that. Yeah, so uh, I've been pouring around the internet trying to find just something to stay on top of Modern because I'm not playing it. Like, I haven't played in eight months, right? And Gabriel Nassif posted a video that uh, initially, when it went to YouTube, was called uh, UW Old School and Legacy was a tag instead of Modern. So people were like, Blue-White Old School Legacy? Here we go. And it turned out to be Modern. (laughs) So people were like, ah, off-click, right? Like, shut it down. But... Um, is a modern deck. It's essentially a uh, a traditional you play on your opponent's turn control deck, running Snapcaster Mage, Teferi Time Raveler, Teferi Hero Dominaria, Jace to Mind Sculptor, cards like that. Uh, but what I've been seeing as a trend lately as Stoneforge Mystic has moved away from Azorius decks into Death and Taxes is that instead of running Remand, which some decks were running, now they're starting to run Delay as a counterspell. Uh, Delay is a generic and a blue, instant speed from Future Sight, counter-target spell. If the spell is countered this way, remove it from the game with three time counters on it instead of uh, putting it in Sona's Graveyard. Essentially, it has Suspend that, well, 3. Yeah, if, it also says if it doesn't uh, have Suspend, it gains Suspend. Or, or, yeah, yeah. If it doesn't yeah. have it, it gains it. So when... Uh, you remove the, la- the last suspend counter, uh, which happens during your upkeep. Uh, when you remove the, the last suspend counter, then you can cast the spell. So if it's a creature or an instant or sorcerer, whatever it is it that you're doing. Now, when you have Teferi Time Raveler on the board, well, your opponents can only play at sorcery speed. So as long as he sticks around, when that spell comes off delay, it's permanently in this exile zone. Um, so that's kind of neat. It's like a, an, an actual hard counterspell. Grand, you need some backup right. with it. Plus it's, it's also cheap enough to where you can flash it back with Snapcaster Mage later in the game and won't get punished, uh, like you would if you flash back. Yeah. Manually I think what I also like about this is that it also lets you set up your turn, your head, your head of your turns. So you can plan yes. that. They're going to have this thing in three turns, and you know that they're going to have this thing in three turns. And so you could plan for that yeah. turn to be the turn where you're like, ha, blow you out with Teferi, or, you know, have something else, you know, to, to beat that. So. Right. Maybe another counter spell, or maybe when that spell resolves, it won't be as right. impactful. Could be right. a number of things. 
Um, now his list that's in the show notes is playing 26 lands. I'm choosing to play 25. Um, still run Spell Snare, because uh, when it's good, it's good. When it's not sweet, it gets pitched to force and negation. Mm-hmm. Um, there are also a couple uh, Shark Typhoons in the deck, so you can still make your Shark I love that card. Or, or just jam this. I'm on board because I love that card. <laughs> oh, yeah. That card's like, so great. Man, like, uh, as when I first saw it, I'm like, six mana is a lot. I wasn't even looking really right. at the cycling. But I'm like, oh, wait. Like, I can just draw a card and have a 1-1 one, one to block Attack with, with or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, now, the sideboard is interesting because it's a bunch of one-ofs. Uh, however, some of the interesting choices here, uh, two surgical extraction over rest in peace, I dig that because it, you still have value with your Snapcaster Mages, so I'm totally on board. Uh, but two Torpor Orb. And the reason this is in is because yep. of the Oops decks. Because it shuts down Thassa's so, Oracle. Yep. Uh, shuts that down. Uh, they usually don't have any artifact removal. If they do, weird. Um, I mean, I do in Legacy, in Scott. So I don't I don't know what they're doing hey. in Modern, but I do in Legacy. Are they not playing like Force I, of Vigor? Look, prob- uh, well, I don't know if the, the Oops in Modern... Uh, decks are playing Force of Vigor. They should. Claim. Like, yeah, mo- <laughs> decks need to be playing some sort of removal that's not just kill like your creature. Force of Vigor. Like, like play more Force of Vigor. Free, right, free is absolutely. always better. My 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 sideboard for Oops right now in Legacy is literally four Force of Vigor, um, three Nature's Claim. That's and, pretty strong. And then the rest of the sideboard is Chancellor of the Annex and Leyline of Life Force. So Yeah. If um if uh Modern Dredge had uh more green cards in it than what uh Life and Alone, it would probably oh, play yeah. Force of Yeah, unfortunately that deck sideboard. really doesn't, it's predominantly a red deck, but <laughs> Yeah. I'm looking at Oops All Spells in Modern right now and uh, it does play Nature's okay. Claim as a three of, um, and uh, they may not have enough green spells yeah, to play that, Force of Vigor, either. Uh, yeah, it's true because it's got the Turn Timber, Turn Timber Symbiosis, Vengevine. It's, well, that seems like that should be enough, then. Yeah, yeah, I would think like, so. But I don't know. That's eh, that's maybe because I because I, I know maybe like it's not been tested. Um, what I've been playing like in Legacy with Oops. Uh, your primary, you you got, you don't have that many uh, green sources for for Force of Vigor, really main deck, really main deck, but you can play it because when you're bringing in Force of Vigor, you're also bringing in Nature's Claim at the same time, so you're bumping that count up, and you're never cutting green green sources out of your deck for it yeah right yeah you're not taking out green yeah. spells usually usually when you're cutting so usually the sideboard plan with when you're boarding in force of vigor and nature's claim is you board out uh at least three cabal therapy and all four of your packed negations uh because your packed negations do nothing in those matchups where because usually the matchups where they're bringing where you're going to see ley line and you're going to need force of vigor and nature's claim are the matchups where they're not playing like Force of Will. Yeah, they're trying to play some type of lock piece to prevent yes. you from going off. 
and that that's not a counter spell type. So you board out your packs and you board out your your uh, some of your therapies, uh, and you keep at least one therapy in because you can cast it to try and snag like surgical extraction. And uh, so then you board in your your nature's claim and your force of vigor. So that means you've got. Four Force of Vigor, three Nature's Claim in your deck. Then you also got four Summoner's Pack, which is green, which you also have four Elvish Spirit Guide, which is green, and four Turn Timber Symbiosis, which is also green. So, like, you end up you end up with enough sources just on the sheer basis that you're putting in seven cards that are green. And you're not taking out any green cards. <laughs> so, uh, I, I don't know. That's odd. I, I might have to look at these lists for now. I haven't really looked at the modern oops lists honestly uh, now, quite quite frankly because winning noticing. on turn one is more appealing to me than winning on turn f- three or four oh, yeah. <laughs> if, if you can do it if you can win on turn one do it that's way more uh, appealing to me oh yeah um one thing i've also noticed with the blue white uh list now it hasn't shown up a whole lot lately uh but just some of the ones i've seen uh posted on goldfish is that in the sideboard uh, and Gabriel Nassif isn't running it here, but I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that uh, the deck in question uh, that uh, he would wind up facing hasn't really shown up a lot lately, and that's uh, Demir Mill. And some of these blue-white decks have been running a singleton Kozilek Butcher of Truth in the sideboard uh, because the OG Eldrazi from, uh, from Rise of the Eldrazi state that when they're put into the graveyard from anywhere... Uh, there's a trigger that shuffles your entire graveyard back into your deck. So that way you're prevented from milling. So, yeah, like there's enough counter spells and removal here to be able to deal with uh, uh, any of the cards that are played from the mill deck. So I don't think it's really needed. Uh, he does have a single ley line of sanctity in the sideboard, which just seems. Random uh, yeah, I don't, know. I don't know. A lot of the one-ofs in this deck, uh, the sideboard seem kind of random, but uh, I have to admit that I see a one-of Monastery Mentor in the sideboard, and it makes me sad because I wish yes. Mentor was better in Modern. <laughs> uh, I, I do, too. Like, I, you, old me used to be like, let's take out that Mentor and put in Geist of St. Traft, right? Because it's like, I'm attacking for six right now. Boom. Uh, but there's so many creatures uh, that... Blocking the Geist is so easy, where with Mentor, it's like, I can just make these monk tokens and attack with the monks and and leave uh, uh, the card I call ODB uh, back home and yeah. not have to attack. That Mentor is a card that uh, is inherently busted. It just requires the right environment to be inher- to be busted. Uh, obviously, this is, it's also a card that is uh, restricted in vintage. Uh for very because it good is extremely reason. busted there, and it's still heavily, and it's still heavily cow. played there. Like I mean, it's yep. practically the primary win condition of a PO now. So, if money was no object, I would probably build a vintage deck with Seems monastery good. mentor. Yeah, uh, I mean, if money was no object, I think you just play PO. Yeah. Actually, I thought well, if money's no object, I would probably build eggs. Uh, I'd probably just say play PO because PO is eggs essentially. That's 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 pretty much the vintage equivalent of eggs. But then why is the internet upset about uh, eggs? Because, <laughs> well, let's put it this way: uh, people are upset about the fact that there's a difference between unfertilized and fertilized eggs. 
<laughs> uh, okay. And that's because uh, a certain green-skinned youngin is really, really excited about eating them eggs. <laughs> oh, those eggs. I, I, I thought we were more uh, talking about, like, uh, eggs as in the strategy no. magic. No, I get people you. are upset about uh, supposed genocide of a race. I don't know. <laughs> is that? How oh man, that, that situation so in Mandalorian. Bad. Like it's so hilarious. Oh my god, I I, I died yeah, so it... much. Uh, and and to put it even more on the nose, Funko released a pop figure with uh, the child and the egg canister. So dear oh God, I I died of laughter. Now. Now look, all right. If you've watched the uh, episode of Mandalorian that we're talking about, which was episode two, I believe. Yeah, um, I I I would need to rewatch it, but you may be able to see where the uh, eggs in the canister. Uh, there are less and less of them as the episode progresses, but it's not like he right. ate them all. <laughs> like. And, and I, I, I will say, because, I mean, I'm sorry, it's been a week, almost two now, uh, at least by the time this podcast airs. Uh, so if you haven't seen it, spoiler yeah, alert, yeah. skip ahead about like five minutes. But uh, one thing I didn't like about that is that I would think that, you know, if she's so worried about her eggs, she would know exactly. That was what my wife said. And if there were less... <laughs> Like there would be some dialogue between the two, but I mean this is this is Happy Hogan yeah. we're talking about here. So maybe he doesn't want to. He's he's trying to present Star Wars, or, or at least a section of the Star Wars universe, in a manner where it's okay that we don't have to take things so literal, dead, oh, yeah. seriously. It all was the time. it was totally meant to be a bit joke. It's just a pretty dark. Yeah, and that's like that's, this. Is my father-in-law was like, you know, I thought it was funny, and then I started thinking about the fact that this was like important to her, and this was like her, like the last of her lineage. And then I felt kind of bad about right. it. And I was just like, <laughs> I think that was the point. <laughs> and it's become kind of a running oh, gag yeah. now. Like they even pick up on that in episode three, where the the child is still oh, yeah. hungry. Well, the child's yeah. always hungry. And, and it's kind of a callback to those of us who have been parents where, okay, cool, uh, especially us dads, like, all right, you did it. You fed your kid. Good job. <laughs> I'm hungry. You cleaned up, whatever, <laughs> and the kid's hungry. And it's like, Ugh. That's my daughter. She'll you eat know. breakfast and then right, like an hour later she'll be like, I want a snack. What? Right. <laughs> you can't be hungry. <laughs> so. Yeah, like, how fast is your metabolism yeah. burning? So, yeah. So, Okay. I was wondering why the internet yeah. was upset about eggs. I thought we were talking about like no, some uh, just upset about eggs and magic. Just just upset about eggs. No, I will say that those damn spider things. That was Dude. that was something. I was um, like, I was not expecting I, this. I I I made it through that episode. <laughs> I stayed in my chair. Um, like I'm I'm the one that watching. Um, watching Return of the King, and uh, Frodo, Sam, and and uh, and and Gollum have all ascended the stairs, and here comes the right. spider, and I'm like, uh, uh, yeah, not look away. today, sir. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, you know, and and don't get me wrong, spiders do kill uh, and and eat a lot of the other 
crazy bugs and insects uh, that may wind up in your home. So they are, quote, friendly in that manner. But to tie it back to the beginning, never trust an agent. Of <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Yep. Yeah. Never do it. So yeah, that's been uh, it's been interesting. So, but uh, yeah, apparently people were really upset about that, and I just thought that was kind of funny and whatnot. But so um, I don't think I had anything else. No, uh, that you know we we well to recap, uh, we touched on uh, a bunch of non magic stuff. Why not? So if you're still here, kudos. Thank you for uh, hanging out, listening. Uh, the Mana Traders Legacy Series on Magic Online. Uh, play at your own pace. Definitely check that out if you're interested. Uh, Kaladesh Remastered on Arena. So if you're uh, still uh, still wanting to play with your fidget spinners uh, while you're on Arena, go for it. Go all in. Uh, I talked about a modern deck that was running Delay. Please, please, for the love of God, if you choose to build this deck, do not play French Delays. <laughs> Just don't, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, just just translate the word delay from English to French, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Uh, and then we just talked about uh, uh, people being upset about uh, the child from Mandalorian and his antics in episode two, uh, which by the time this airs was would be almost two weeks ago. So if you're not watching the show, go watch it. It's fine. Holy, like John Favreau, who I, I will always call Happy Hogan. Is just, oh man! Like this is the show we've been. We Star Wars fans have always yeah, been. Wanting. They're doing a real good job with it. I I'm really pleased. Yeah, so yeah. I am. I am immensely looking forward to the rest of the season. Uh, and same. And there are eight eight episodes yeah, a season. Yeah. Is that right? And yeah. I am immensely not looking short. forward to having to wait for those episodes, but I'm looking forward to them. <laughs> sure. Well, I. I kind of look at it as like because of Waves Hands and Air twenty twenty yeah. again, um, that it kind of gives me a um, a way to keep track of time. Mm. Yeah, I can see uh, that. And then once we're done with that, or maybe if they announce it by the time we get to that, Disney Plus will be like, "Here's the release date for WandaVision. Uh, they already announced uh, that actually. The, yes. They already announced the yes. actual release yes. it's date, January fifteenth. So, uh, yeah, yep. All in. I am excited for that. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Much yeah. excited. I'm, I'm pretty pretty excited to wait for that cuz because uh in uh WandaVision we'll also have um uh oh shoot I can't remember her name but she was in uh yeah, Captain Marvel yeah, Monica Rambo. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. I was going to say that, but I want to be 100% sure. Yeah. We'll have actual adult Monica Rambeau working with uh, Sword, I believe. That's, yeah, that's what they've said. Uh, Yeah. So there's still a lot of unknown to this series. Like, and I think that's great. I think that's a cool thing that they're doing that they're kind of making it kind of like here, here's a trailer, but we're really not going to tell you. Like what's really going on here? Because there's something else, obviously. Plus, when when the actors involved like learn about the stuff that happened in the comic books, and the fact that those involved in directing and producing want to bring that to the screen, and then those actors are like, "Hell yes, let's do it!" Like, yeah, that's oh yeah, awesome. yeah, for sure. 
I just I just think I like oh, I like man. it from that aspect of that they're not really putting all the chips on the table. You know, they're not really yeah. giving us all the information about what this is going to really look like. They're just saying here's a here's vaguely what you're going to what you're going to expect to see, but this isn't even close to what it's actually going to be like simply because we're going to throw some twists at you and you're going to go what? So and I hope I hope they leave it like that all the way up to Oh the yeah. Premiere. Oh yeah. That way we can sink right. our teeth in and and cuz it'll be the first major Marvel right. content that we've had all It's year. also got Eric's mom from that 70s show in it, so Yes. <laughs> I saw I was like, "All right then. I'm I'm sold." Like, sweet. Yep. I'm like, "All we need is Eric's dad. Like, all we need is Red. Like, <laughs> come on." <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can uh, imagine Red telling Vision he's going to put his foot up his ass. <laughs> yes. That would be that great. Would be great, but alas. So, all right. Well, I think we should wrap up uh and yep. get going. So, Scott, uh, thank you for joining me tonight. And uh, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and your content and all that fun stuff. You can find my articles over at LegitMTG.com. You can find me on the internet, uh, on Facebook or Twitter, at MTG Packfoils. Uh, Joe, where can folks uh, find you? You can find me, as always, on Twitter at VolrathXP. You can also find my articles every thir- Tuesday and every Thursday at MTG Goldfish, uh, This Week in Legacy, and the uh, Vintage 101 series. Uh, you can also find the cast itself at the Astrolab cast. Uh, we did get some feedback. Uh, I got And I'm doing it right now. I apologize. Uh, I'm not very good at public speaking, to be really honest with you. Uh, so mm-hmm. I say uh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I know I do it, and I'm trying to get better about it, but that was some feedback that I got from a friend of ours. Uh, but okay. that's pretty much it. So, but Yeah, I, I do that a lot at the drive-thru. Like, if I go up to the drive-thru to order something, I'll pick an item, have an uh, and then pick an item or yeah. whatever. And, yeah, it's just, it, it it's a habit. I, I totally get you on the public speaking, I mean, which is crazy because... I used to be a DJ, and I, I talked big about it a lot, but there are times when I had bands, I would stand in front of a crowd and try to announce who the next band mm-hmm. is. Uh, after a couple I just after a couple times of a little bit of stage fright, I'm like, I'll just announce from the booth instead of being out in front of mm-hmm. everybody. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I totally get it. So, you know, uh, thank you though for listening and your feedback and, and being constructive. Yeah, with yeah, it. for sure. Uh, a, a a plus all round. Uh, you know, there I go with it. Yeah, ah, look I'm, at that. I'm real bad at it. Um, so, yeah. So we'll we'll work on it. Uh, we're we're gonna get better with time. One of the things that was told to me when doing the show was just to be myself. That's what I'm doing, and if I can improve on not only being myself, but also doing that in a podcast form. You know, that will that will all just organically happen as uh, as our podcast. You know what the saying goes, right, Scott? Um, always be yourself, unless you could be Batman, and they'd be Batman. Oh, but which Batman? There's so <laughs> many of them now. Be the. We'll be, leave that. We'll be leave the that good for the Batman. Next I don't maybe. know. I don't know which one. Well, oh, be the Kevin Conroy Batman. That's the Batman that you want to be. Oh, yes, from the animated absolutely. series, yeah. That that's the Batman you want to be. So, okay. 
But yes, always be yourself unless you can be Batman, then be Batman. Yeah. Then be Batman. Yeah. Or a unicorn. You could also be a down. unicorn. You know. Batman unicorn. That might not work. I'm not sure. It'd be kind of hard to put the <laughs> Kind of. Probably. So. All right. Well, cool. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Have a great night. And we'll see you guys next time. I'm Batman. <laughs>